you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison. And you're joining me today for Wednesdays with Will. It's a blessing to be with you guys. I missed uh, last Wednesday. We were out of town. Just having uh, some time off. Uh, Just a great time to kind of relax and and have a break. But, man, I praise God for being back. I'm pretty much a, a creature of habit. So when my routine is broken up, even for good things like vacations, it's like, ah, it's, it's hard to, to get back. But I'm happy to, to be back. Um, and I, I have something I want to share today. Um, but before I get to that, I want to make sure I get these announcements out, out of the way. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S at AFR.net. Also, if you want to follow us on uh, Facebook, uh, just search Erin Addison's and uh, we are live uh, right there on Facebook. If you want to watch the show uh, and if you want to, you know, be our friends on that page, we post things on on that page. Uh, So just search Erin Addison's. Also, we have another marriage family life date night coming up uh, September 20th from 630 p.m. to 830 p.m. It's going to be at the Call Grant uh, Event Center on Union University, Union University, uh, 1050 Union University Drive in Jackson, Tennessee, 38305. Uh, uh, to get all of the information, just go to marriagefamilylife.net. Make sure you register because we need a head count of how many people will be coming. This is a good time that we're going to have celebrating marriage, celebrating family. Uh, with so much going on to tear down marriage. Man, how important it is that we as a people of God will celebrate God's design for marriage, God's design for family. So that's our Marriage Family Life date night happening September 20th, uh, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. Go to marriagefamilylife.net. Also, we have... This month's by design challenge. So the challenges are a way for married couples and their families to engage and grow closer together as a couple and in their walk with Christ. So for the month of September, by design is warning you to participate in the date night challenge. Uh, we are asking married couples who live in or near the Jackson, Tennessee area to attend our upcoming date night, which I just talked about uh, the event there, you know, hosted by Mickey and myself. Uh, like I said, it's a night of biblical encouragement, laughter, and enjoyment. Registration is open until we reach full capacity. But if you're not able to attend, we want to encourage you to choose a day this month uh, and schedule a babysitter and either make reservations at a restaurant or create your own date night at home. Make it a night only for you and your spouse to laugh, relax, and enjoy yourselves. 
to show that you participated, post your picture on the By Design Facebook uh, page uh, and put hashtag BD date night. It should be fun. It should be fun. And I'm hoping it can work out for some folks. You know, I know it's hard to get uh, babysitters and things like that. But man, if you can, this will really uh, be a good time to do so. And we would love to. I can't wait to see uh, some of those pictures. And Miki already said yesterday, she was like, well, since we're hosting a date night in Jackson, Tennessee, and it's more like work, uh, we should have another one, right? Where it's just So she's right. And so, you know, I, I've been thinking of what I need to do to get that together. So, but it should be a good time. It should be a good time. Uh, we just really believed in celebrating marriage and family. And uh, man, it's not easy. There's a lot of challenges, but it's worth it. It's worth it to fight for God's design the way that he has um, handed it out and not the way that the world wants us to look at marriage and family. Today, today, uh, I'm going to talk about a topic that's it's not, um, sometimes it can be pretty tricky, but I just want to stay biblical with it and look at the word of God. Um, you know, as we do on this show, we believe in really highlighting the straight edge of scripture. I mean, you can't go wrong when you're looking at the, at the word. But there's a, um, a story found in Mark chapter 5, Matthew chapter 8, and Luke chapter 8. And at the time I was doing my daily readings of Scripture, something st- uh, stuck out to me uh, concerning uh, these accounts. I want to say, first we know that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and that there are forces at work beyond what we can see, with our natural eyes. Uh, this is why God did not leave us defenseless. It would be such a shame if God would have left us without any weapons or anything to, to, to fight with. And I've talked before about one of the weapons, the weapon of prayer, how God has given us this weapon of intercession and prayer, you know, on our behalf that we can fight. You know, we have the word of God, the sword of the spirit. So we have weapons of warfare that the apostle Paul he described as not being carnal or natural, but mighty or spiritual to pull down strongholds. These are not just eloquent words. And the thing I have to always tell myself is to meditate on scripture, because sometimes we can read these things. And man, I, you know, coming up, I, I would uh, solely read the King James Version just, just because that's what we used at our church, you know, and that's such a poetic way that that it reads that sometimes you can you can memorize it and it sounds so good but man like I tell my brother Jeff man we have to be to a point where we're not just only memorizing scripture having head knowledge of scripture but that we really really try to apply the scripture to our lives so when the bible says that we have weapons of our warfare and they're not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds that's not just some cool speaking points this is the word of God and we actually have weapons. So these weapons give us the power to cast down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt its, itself above the knowledge of God. We also understand that we have a very real enemy, the devil, and that there are demonic forces on assignment to disrupt and cause destruction to God's creation, man, because he hates all of us, he hates all of us because we are made in the very image of God. You know, I, I used to, when, when I used to talk to um, folks about, 
you know, conversion and being saved. You know, one thing I should say, it's like you had these gangs, you had the Bloods and you had the Crips. And, and it, in essence, it was like, man, you were leaving one side and joining the other side. So the enemy is now the ones you used to formerly be with and they want to kill you. What? You're going to turn on us? You have two rival gangs. You're going to join a gang that's the rival. Now your old gang hates you and wants to kill you. And I know that may be a very simplistic example, but man, it really hits home at look the the uh, uh, severity of what has happened. The Bible says that God has translated us from the domain of darkness, and now we're in the kingdom of His dear Son. That's two totally distinct places. Once before, our father was the devil, but now we've been adopted into the beloved. And so now the ones we used to roll with hate us, hate us. They hate us. And so we have to understand this as Christians. He hates God, therefore hating us, his image bearers. And even though we don't see the actual spiritual battle with our natural eyes, we see the effects of evil in our world. You don't have to look far. You don't even have to look outside of some, some of our neighborhoods to see. We don't even have to look outside of some of our homes to see that there's a very real presence of evil. So where does partiality come from? Where does murder originate? Sexual sins and deviancy. Jealousy and envy, corruption and division. The Bible clearly tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The enemy's mode of operation and plan for your life. <laughs> the devil has a plan for your life. His plan for your life as an image bearer of God is to steal from you, to kill you, and to ultimately destroy you. I remember someone telling me, man, the, the devil's just not going around just hoping that, you know, just wanting to give, have you, for you to have a bad day or you to be just a little uncomfortable, you know, as you move, move about your day. No, his ultimate goal is to kill, to destroy you. We have a very real enemy. And sometimes we act and we live as though we don't have an enemy at all. We're, we're oblivious to it. So his mode of operation is to still kill and destroy. And we can make no mistake about it. If we have, we have an enemy that plays for keeps. Look, when you out there in sin, he wanted you to die in that state. Man, God is so merciful that he, get, that he draws our heart. Look, it doesn't matter if you were, uh, what, what your background was. You know, I had this conversation with Miki the other day. I was saying, like, man, I grew up in church. You know, I knew everything to say. And sometimes as a young man, I, I, would, I would think, like, you know, when I felt like, man, you know, I, I really want to live for the Lord. But I was like, man, I don't really have a testimony. Like, I, you know, I, I've been in church. And the Lord is. It, but the Lord was like, hold on now. Hold on now. Just as a person may have a testimony of being on drugs for 10 years and doing all the kind of stuff and, and, you know, being out there and they're on their way to, to hell. I was in the same boat. I was in church, which <laughs> to me is worse in church, hearing the preaching and with a bus hell wide open. The enemy 
plays for keeps. He don't mind you being religious. He don't mind you going to church. He don't mind you saying amen and, and bucking and shouting, you know, if your soul is not right. Your heart is not for him. He plays for keep and he would love to deceive. And he is deceiving many a people who are church attenders today. He plays for keeps. And that's not what I wanted to, to harp on. But, man, you know, I just know that we live in such a, 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 a society. And my brother Abraham calls it churchianity. You know, that's what we practice. You know, we make sure that we're there. Sunday after Sunday, some of us just Easter, Easter and, you know, uh, Christmas and, and stuff like that. Like we're, we're religious people, but our hearts are somewhere else. But in Matthew chapter eight, Mark chapter five and, and uh, Luke chapter eight, we have an account of Jesus casting out a demon in a man or a couple of men because and, and I could talk a little bit about that. And it gives us this uh, specific location it says that the man was in the country of the Gadarenes. It lists the location. And there's, there are no words within the scripture that's just, you know, out there because, no, this is, this is on purpose. This happened, this event happened after Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves. After the, the great storm, this, and he displayed his power over nature itself. But the naming of the location is important because demons and principalities work in regions and geographic locations. So Paul describes evil forces as principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, territorial spirits. You ever wonder why you can go to certain cities and it's like, man, why is there so much murder in this part of town or why does this place over here, man, it, it's just wow. You go different places and you, you can feel that there's a spiritual atmosphere because there are territories that are linked to demonic uh, possession and oppression. Like, it's geographical. We're going to talk more about this, and we're going to get into it. Uh, this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison. Uh, you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. And we'll be back right after this. Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about um, demonic influences. So a lot of times we look at things that are happening, and we don't like to put Bible names to, to things that's going on. You know, there are some sicknesses, some things that we have termed mental health that uh, 
that is demonic oppression or even sometimes possession. And I'm not the type of person that's going to just go around and, and, and looking for a demon behind every bush. I'm not talking about that stuff. But I'm talking about properly uh, labeling what the Bible says about certain situations. And we can clearly see the enemy um, at work in a lot of things that's happening, not only uh, in our world, but in this country. In this country. And so... I want to look just a little bit at some scriptures, but I talked about how Paul, uh, he describes evil forces and principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities ruled by a prince, usually a relatively small state that falls within a larger state, such as an empire. Powers, demonic exertion of a delegated power. High-ranking evil supernatural powers, the power of sin and evil in operation in this world. Rulers of darkness of this world. Now, this might include any of the above high-ranking officials who might be considered a ruler, or even things like the various forms of occultism and witchcraft or divination. These practices derive their power from the previous demonic kingdoms and sources, and thus are knowingly or unknowingly victims and slaves to their evil agenda. Nonetheless, the human practitioner still rules the darkness in this age by giving these non-physical spiritual entities access to our physical world in ways that permit them to do more damage in it. We know that these things are true. We know that there are people who, who dabble in witchcraft and occultism. As a matter of fact, that stuff is on the rise now. It's on the rise now because people are searching for spiritual things, you know, that they have a void that's there uh, because they are missing the love and the power of God. And so they're trying to substitute that with all this other stuff. And it's spiritual in nature. And sometimes unknowingly, they get their, themselves trapped in these things, man, bound. And it, it takes deliverance to get them out. Spiritual wickedness in high places, the spiritual dimension of our existence on earth, not actual heaven, as in uh, where God and the angels are. None of this evil is in heaven. It is all on earth in the spiritual realm, cast out of heaven during the fall with Lucifer. Essentially, Paul is wrapping all of this, Satan, other fallen angels, demons, witchcraft, uh, powers, etc., uh, in its various forms into one category, spiritual evil that influences life on earth. All that which opposes the Holy Spirit's work. So when, 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 I, when I studied this and I looked at this and I was like, man, what we see is a very organized system of rank and hierarchy. Just as God, the Father, has order and hierarchy, there is a calculated system of evil that exists in our enemy so that so this means we as Christians, we cannot be lazy concerning spiritual things. That's to my point that we have weapons and these weapons are spiritual. They're not carnal because we're fighting on a different plane. This is why the Apostle Paul could say that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, that these things uh, supersede, you know, just the natural realm. But there are things that are going on when you haven't when you haven't uh, breaks. In your marriage, like there's tension there, you know, man, we've had it. And I've said and Miki said, man, you know that the enemy is loving this. Like he you can feel the tension. Though there are spiritual things happening. And and the, the those spiritual things, and I'm not discounting the flesh 
because the enemy loves to work with our flesh to cause our destruction. <laughs> the flesh is, you know, uh, 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 a great tool in the hand of the enemy to cause our destruction. So I'm not saying that we don't have to ourselves take responsibility, but there are evil influences all over the place. And we have to understand that we are constantly in a battle, in a war, even if we don't feel like we are. We are. We are. Uh, so we can't be lazy concerning spiritual things. Now, that's the Matthew 8 account. And I want to read it. Now, again, this is after Jesus calmed the sea. There was this raging storm. Peace be still. I mean, you know, God in all his power, you know, showing forth who he is. But we have uh, this scenario in, in Matthew chapter 8. And it says, so in that verse uh, 28, when he came to the other side into the country of the uh, Gadarenes, two men who were demon-possessed met him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by the way. Wow. And they cried out saying, what business do we have with each other, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now there was a herd of many swine feeding at a distance from them. And the demons began to entreat him, saying, If you are going to cast us out, send us into the, the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. And they came out and went into the swine, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the waters. The herdsmen ran away and went to the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the demoniacs. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they implored him to leave their region. All right. So we have here in Matthew chapter eight, the demon possessed men. In this in this account, it talks about uh, two men in uh, Mark and in Luke. It only talks about one. And some would say, oh, I see there's a contradiction. No, there's not. Because in Mark and Luke, it, it does not say, and there was only one man that came out. So it could have well been, you know, Matthew was given a little bit more detail as far as how many. But the demon-possessed men were extremely violent that no one could pass by the way. Can you imagine this? On your route home, you, you know, and look, I'm not speaking of things that are that don't happen today. You know that there are parts of town in certain cities. You know that there are areas where, man, you better get on that other sidewalk because, man, they're they going to harass you over here if you just go this way trying to get home. So think about this. No one can pass by the way because of the violent men or this violent man. So they, they had to adjust their route to get where they needed to get because of these demoniacs. They occupied a whole segment of that region and controlled it to the point of no one passing because of their violence. Man, there are whole cities right now. And look, I grew up in one. You knew that there are certain areas you don't go in at nighttime. If there's a red light, you keep going. <laughs> and let the police pull you over. That can be your protection. But you don't just stop there and just, you know, there are places in America that's like, man, you better not stop at this stop sign and just keep going. Just keep going. This sounds so familiar in cities all across America and in this country. You know, this country and even in, 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 in foreign countries. 
So they recognized who they recognized who Jesus was and they cried out. See, the power of God, there's a recognition of Jesus by these demons. And they cried out, what business do we have uh, with each other, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Look at that. Total authority. These demons knew that, man, wait, 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 wait. I thought we had a little longer. But why, why are you here? It's before our time. Like, what's going on? They were afraid. They recognized that Jesus is deity. He's God. And basically, they're asking, why are you here in our region so early? We know torment is coming. But aren't you early? I mean, get this picture, man. This is, look, the winds and the waves in the previous chapter obeyed him. Demons obey him. <laughs> they understand that they're on a limited time. Oh, how powerful our God is. Demons shudder at his, at his presence. I want to look. So that's, that's, that's the one account in Matthew. In the same account in Mark chapter 5, it gives a little bit more detail uh, into what, what, what's happening here. Okay. I'm going to look at that a little bit. In Mark chapter, chapter 5, it, um, it says they not only dwelled among the tombs, but in addition to being violent. Now, at one time, there were men that could bind them. At one time, these men could be bound. These, this, this man that was full of demons could be bound, could be, you know, handled up a little bit on. But now it grew, he grew so violent and strong Enough to where they could not bound him anymore. They couldn't bind him anymore. Imagine that. That shows me over time, if you don't deal with sin, if you don't deal with things, you know, it grows. And it grows strong to where it becomes uncontrollable. Check this out. In fact, chains could not hold him. Chains. The Bible says he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been torn apart by him. Can you imagine this scene? This man is tearing chains apart. And the shackles broken in pieces and now no one was strong enough to subdue him. Pause. Look, when we play around with sin in our lives. It grows. It grows stronger until it controls us. At one time, we may have been able to like get away. Like, okay, man, nobody knows that you know this is going on. But then that thing grows. That oppression, it grows. It grows to a point to where it not only controls you, but it controls the environment that you're in. You have people walking on the other side of the road. Because of, of what's going on with you. This is a, a, a dire situation. Jesus went specifically to this place to meet this man. Uh, these men. So this seemed to be a gradual strengthening. First, he could be subdued by some by men. Then not not anymore. There was no man that could subdue him. There was no, that he can be. Bound by chains and shackles. But now he was breaking those things apart. <laughs> Isn't it true 
that sin and iniquity and even demonic influences unchecked grows until it's uncontrollable. The people that were able to bind this particular man came to the end of their methods. Their method of binding at some point, it didn't work anymore. It didn't work anymore. So much so, they had to adjust their lives around what was going on with this man. They couldn't bond him anymore. The chains didn't work. The shackles didn't work. So now, we can't even go into this area of town, this part of town. We can't even go over here because of the violence of, the, of, the, of this man. It's amazing. In our lives, the flimsy chains and shackles we try to put on the sin and influences of wickedness won't always cover us or work for us. It, it won't always be sufficient. Deliverance, deliverance is necessary. I want to pause right here to talk about uh, maybe some more practical terms about the, the gradual nation, uh, nature of, of sin. Even highlighting what I've seen in this country as the homosexual agenda. Now, early on, I remember when I just, you know, was following what was going on and seeing the shift happening and all. The whole talk was, man, we just want to live and let live. Like, we just want to, we're not, you know, trying to infringe upon, you know, we just want our freedoms. That, that was talking points. Man, we, you know, we just want to love who we love. That was the, 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 the statements. You know, we just, man, just want to love who we love. And now we see that in this country and beyond, that's not the mantra anymore. Now you got to accept us. I'm telling you guys, that is a spirit. It's an unclean spirit. And you see how it went from, man, no, no, we just want to live. We just want our rights. To now, man, if you don't um, accept us, if you don't affirm us, you're canceled. <laughs> Take you off the platform. You need to lose your job. You are a hater. Like, no, you got to conform to this. You got to say that we are right and we are good and the things that we're doing is, is all good. Matter of fact, we don't like your book. We don't like the Bible. We don't like your places where you meet and worship because y'all talk. Y'all, that's hate. That's a hate place. This is this thing has when you allow sin to go on. It grows. It's not going to be subject to your chains and to your shackles forever. It's going to say, no, 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 no. I want total control. I want to be in the driver's seat. I want to be the one who is uh, dictating policy. You know, I want to have a strong grip on businesses and organizations. You see this with the homosexual agenda because it's a spirit. It's a bullying, unclean spirit. Some people don't like to hear that. And I don't know how long it will be before they say you can't say that kind of stuff on radio. But look, I'm just only saying what the word says about this. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about a demonic influences um, and look at look at more scripture. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. It's Will Addison's Wednesdays with Will. We'll be right back. Around this out dark, 
all black everything. Like the Million Man March, but I'm talking about everything. Dark heart, dark soul, dark minds writing dark flowers. Can I get a little light though? Is there something I can fight for? Hey, we so black, we don't This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Will Addison, you're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about uh, demonic influences. Um, and, and look, the purpose of what I'm trying to do here is to set our minds that we're in a battle, you know, we, but we have everything that we need. We have everything that we need to be victorious. Uh, and I was highlighting um, how Jesus dealt with the man who was possessed with demons. Uh, you find that account in Mark chapter five, uh, I believe Luke eight and, and Matthew uh, eight. But before we went to the break, I was saying how there are effects of sin, you know, and we see it clearly in some of the things that's, that's going on today, how at one time, you know, things start off as, no, nah, we just want our rights. We just want and until now you're dealing with, no, you got to affirm me. Those Look, sin Demonic influences and things like that are never satisfied. The goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. So, but back to the scripture in, in uh, Mark, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark chapter five, the possessed man was ca- causing himself harm. And in Mark, it says that the man saw Jesus from a distance. He ran up on Jesus and bowed before him. There's something striking uh, in this. Uh, we see that the man is uh, screaming, recognizing that Jesus is the son of God, asking, what business do we have with each other, Jesus, the son of the most high God? He said, I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Now, this was a strong territorial demon. We can see this from the scripture. Jesus had been saying to him, come out. And apparently he had not come out of him, uh, uh, not your regular uh, demonic situation. But Jesus goes and asks him, what is your name? And it's revealed then, not to Jesus, because we know that he's omniscient. He knows all. But for all looking on and for us, that the demon's name is Legion, because it said, for we are many. Now, we must not be fooled that a lot of the wickedness we see and encounter today is because of the demonic forces that we see and have learned about from Scripture. We may not want to call it that stuff today, but that's exactly what it is. It would be tremendously unwise for us as the body of Christ to ignore that there are forces beyond what we can see, whether godly or wicked, that plays out. And what we see today. So after the demon replies to Jesus with his name in verse 19, the demon, the demons beg and implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Again, pointing back to that regional thing. They didn't want to be out of that area. They, that were, they felt like, man, for a certain time, we, 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 we're supposed to have rain here. We're supposed to be able to do our thing. Again, this is a territorial right. That the demon believes he has until the proper time of banishment. Then the demon asks to stay in the same region, but to be cast into the pigs to which Jesus consents. And they 
uh, have to leave. They have to leave the man. Picture this, the man, they have to leave the man. The man is made in the image of God and going to the pigs that are not made in the image of God. This shows the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to get out this man. And they are drowned. The pigs drown and die. Jesus' concern is about image bearers. That's us. He does not give the demons permission to stay in the man or into another person, but into animals. This very important detail shows the compassion of God. Now, as a result of not uh, the demons being cast out, but because of the pigs drowning, there is an uproar in the region from the herdsmen. The herdsmen go and report what happens. And when the people comes, uh, come to the familiar place, they know where this man lived. They know, man, that's the, that's the joint over there, man, where you can't go over there. You know, if you go over there, man, this dude violent. He breaking chains and shackles. <laughs> I mean, you know, so everybody knew where this place was. It was a familiar place where the, where the demon-possessed men, uh, or this man terrorized. They see the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. <laughs> this is the power of deliverance, y'all. This is what God does. This man was known to be a terror. This was a man that you didn't go to his part of town. He was cutting himself and naked. But here, here, he's sitting there with Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Praise God. Praise God. This is deliverance. The very man who had legion, uh, when they saw the man, they were scared. And instead of the people being happy and worshiping Jesus uh, because of the uh, deliverance, man, they wanted Jesus to go. All right, you got to get out of here. Now, that's, that, that, that tells us something there. You know, and I always thought that was, I was like, wow. So they know that this man has been bound up, has been possessed. He's crazy. He's, he's doing the most. Jesus delivers him, and they're, 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 they're scared. They're like, man, hold on. Jesus, you got to leave. They want to cast Jesus out. <laughs> it's, it seems to me in my mind that they would have been like, Oh, man, Lord, what, you are the true and the living God. Like, man, we, we bow down before. No, you got to get out of here, Jesus. You got to get out of here. One thing that I, I, I noticed as I would look in Scripture about, you know, different accounts of, like, demon possession and things like that, you will find the casting out of demons affects business. And that the ones casting out the demons are, are usually asked to leave. Like, they, the people don't really want them to stick around. Now, I went through, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to show some more about that. But I went through this today, that we would kind of be jolted, that the things that we deal with today, some of these things are regional sins. I remember, you know, because I'm from New Orleans, and I remember before we would, when, when uh, Miki and I, before, uh, we had all our, our kids. We would go back home, go to New Orleans. And that was a certain way. Like that, that was a certain place, and it's crazy, 
that me and Miki every time would begin to have tension and argue going to New Orleans. Like it was like almost like clockwork. Like, like, man, what is going on? And we started to recognize this. You know, it was like, man, it's something always happens when we begin to descend into New Orleans. Like, and we have this tension. Man, I totally believe that there are different type of regional things and spirits and, you know, uh, 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 rulers of in, in darkness that hover over places. You know, with all the murders and the killings of, of innocent lives in America because of abortion and things like that, man, that's spiritual. That's spiritual. I just saw a story of a man in Florida who killed a family, <laughs> went into their house and, and, and killed them all and said that God told him to do it. Like he was on mission from God. That's demonic. Let's call it what it is. People, oh, well, you know, mental health. Man, look, some of this stuff that we call it mental health. I'm not saying that there's no room for counseling. There's no room for like, man, you know, but what I am saying is some of this stuff is demonic oppression and, and, and possession. I mean, that's what it is. But I went through because there are things that have affected our country that we're still dealing with. Slavery. Slavery on, on, in this country. We still see the outflow of, of, from that. Some of the things that we're dealing with now with this critical race theory and all this stuff. Man, that was sinful. Slavery was sinful. To own another man as like property. You don't just get away with that kind of stuff and be like, oh, well, you know, yeah, we fought a war. Yeah, you, we did. We fought a war. A lot of people died, but you still deal with the consequences. It's spiritual. I talked about it, the effects of abortion. You cannot kill thousands and thousands of babies every day and feel like oh, our country will be just fine. We are blessed and highly favored. Man, come on, man. Come on, man. No. We feel the effects of that. Homosexual marriage. <laughs> that's something that, you know, the court said that this is what it is. We know that that's not real. But, man, when you endorse stuff like that as a, as a nation, you don't think that's something spiritual going on? And now we look at, even looking at this pandemic, this pandemic. I say it again. I call it pestilence. This is, these things are signs of judgment, too. It's not just, oh, you know, we just got unlucky. No. We can point to things and say we need to repent. There are spiritual things that are going on. Until we are real about this stuff and say, man, we are not good. And, 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 and stop all of this, you know. <sighs> and look, look, I know some people ain't going to like it. But we're not good. You talk about the greatness of America. Yes, this is a great country. I wouldn't want to be nowhere else, living anywhere else. But, man, I'm not blind to, to, to the fact that this is a very sinful country. Now, things going on that we should be, instead of the, 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 uh, the laughing and the playing, we should be weeping. We should be weeping. Look, when, when, when demons were cast out, there are different instances where Man, they didn't want those people around. I'm thinking about Paul in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Uh, I'm going to read a portion of it. It said, it, it happened that as they were going to the place of prayer, a slave woman 
who had a spirit of divination, met us, who was bringing great profit to her masters by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us and cried out repeatedly, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation. Now she continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. And he turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. But what happened? But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was suddenly gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men Jew, who are Jews, uh, as they are, are causing our city trouble. And they are proclaiming customs that are not lawful for us to accept or to practice, since we are Romans. Man, Paul went over there and messed their business up. <laughs> Cast out this spirit of divination, you know. And the stuff that she was saying wasn't like, you know, she was saying that like, these men are them. But they understood that the spirit she was operating in, it wasn't of God. God used them to cast this spirit out. They wanted Paul and them gone. You're making us lose money, bro. That's what happens. Why are people all up in arms about this Texas law that's going on to, like, stop babies from being aborted? You're messing with their money. They're crying out. They're like, man, you know, they say all this women's right and all this kind of stuff like that. But you're messing with them. They could care less about these women. You are messing with their money. Their money. Why are they pushing this, this vaccine and all this kind of stuff? Look, and why are they not talking about the other therapeutics that could work? Man, you're messing with them. They want the lion's share of the money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. People don't care if you're demon-possessed. And as long as you're doing their bidding, it's about money. It happened again to Paul, and I'm running out of time. That they had seven sons of Sceva who tried to cast a demon out of a man. And they said they, they, they wanted to kind of relate to the, the, the Jesus that Paul knew. <laughs> they didn't know him at all. But the one that, that Paul is doing, you know, the one he's casting out demons in, that's who we. And these demons, these men jumped on these men. <laughs> Ran them out. But the amazing thing that happened it said, this became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord was being magnified. Also, many of those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they added up to the, pri to the prices uh, of, the, of the books and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing and prevailing mightily. These people saw the power of God and they began to burn their magic books. Christians can be bad for business. We're casting out demons and stuff like that. We're saying, no, this is not right. We are turning people away from sin and towards God. That's bad for business. So why is the persecution going to be coming? We're messing up people's money. That's one reason. I have much more. But that's all right. I just want you to be encouraged in the Lord that God has given us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. We are victorious in him. 
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and tomorrow we'll be right back, Lord willing.